0: Hey, greetings, church family. Excited to be together online this week, a chance to get together and celebrate our Lord and Savior through song, and then we'll dive into God's Word together as well. Let's dive in now.
1: Some may trust in horses. Some may trust in chariots. Oh, but I, I'm on a trust in the name of the Lord. Some may trust in riches, some may trust in all they own. Oh, but I I will trust in the name of the Lord. There is one. Try above you are you are where my help comes from our power and our strength comes from the Lord above he did not leave us here alone he indwelled us it's the Holy Spirit. a us sing.
2: There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your. Prayer- Taste it and seek of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is under your prayer.
3: Hello again. Chris here. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of worship. And uh, thank you again. Uh, We hope that uh, this time with us uh, is just a blessing for you and your family uh, throughout the week. Uh, Well, as you know, we love praying for you. There's a lot going on in our world and prayer requests uh, always come up. And uh, we love praying for you. So if you would like to text us your confidential prayer uh, request at 97,000, 9700, uh, we love praying for you throughout the week and you can text that anytime 3 a.m you can text that to us and uh, we would love that. Well, there is a lot going on here. Uh, if you would like to have any information about our men's ministries, women's ministries, uh, student ministries, all the ministries that we have going on, we got tons of ministries and tons of weekly happenings. Uh, the best place to find that information is our website at agorabible.org, agorabible.org, uh, and you can visit us there anytime. And on our website, you'll see under the Give tab, uh, you can actually make a donation. And as you know, uh, our Ongoing ministry is is made because of people like you who uh, generously give, and we're so grateful for that. So you can give, again, under the Donate tab on our website. Well, before we get into God's Word today, uh, let me take a second and pray for us. Well, Father, we thank you so much for... Uh, the people listening online, for the families that are represented, Lord. And uh, we are so thankful that you are a God that can speak to all of us, no matter where we are. And uh, we don't take that for granted, Lord. Uh, just pray, Lord, for this time that uh, uh, your spirit will nudge us, will move us, and that we'll hear exactly what you want us to hear today. And uh, we love you so, so much, Lord. I pray that the distractions of the next few minutes will go away and uh, we can focus on your word and your spirit, Lord. We love you, and it's your name we pray. Amen.
0: All right. Well, thank you, worship team, and thank you, Chris, for walking through announcements, and uh, good to be back with you. As a good couple of uh, weeks away. I'm grateful for the team that helped fill in to help fill the gap, and I really enjoyed some time with uh, friends and uh, family on the East Coast, and, uh, but it's so funny when you travel and you come back, you're like, why do I go anywhere? This area is so beautiful. Well, uh, today we're picking back up in our summer series uh, called Supporting Cast, and hopefully you've been encouraged with this different character studies, looking at different individuals from Old Testament, New Testament. Well, this week we're getting a little bit more obscure in our character choices. This week we're actually going to be studying a man by the name of Barzillai the Gileadite I'll say that again and make sure we get this pronunciation right. I actually looked it up to make sure I was saying it right, is bar So Bar and then the letter Z, lie. And so bar you can say it to your neighbor if you're with somebody right now, make sure we got it at the beginning. And actually the, the name, it's important to understand this, and we'll see this even in the study of his life, is his name actually meant man of iron, man of iron. How cool is that? And so he's the original, if you will, biblical iron man. And so we're studying his uh, life today, or at least some of the uh, parts that are identified. He's talked about 10 different times in scripture, and uh, not somebody that I remember growing up, most likely. uh, You don't remember somebody ever teaching on Barzillai at any point. No flannel graphs about him, but excited to be looking at this character's life. And you might remember when Josh was starting out this series, he made a little bit of a, a challenge that I took personally. He was really questioning the level of commitment of the other pastors to the character that they would be studying. If you missed it, you can check out this video clip of that from week one in the series. I love this guy so
3: much that I actually got his name tattooed on to my arm. That is a true story. Not even joking. That is real ink, my friends. That says Josiah, as in King Josiah. We're studying King Josiah today. Truth be told, I didn't get the tattoo on my arm because of King Josiah directly, but I named my son Josiah mostly due to the fact that King Josiah is such a baller, and so uh, yeah, it's my son's name on my arm. But still, there's not gonna be another preacher during this entire series that has his supporting cast person named tattooed anywhere on their body. I guarantee you that. Dare you other preachers to prove me wrong. Double dog dare. How amazing would that be if people just showed up with tattoos of their people? That would be pretty amazing.
0: So not to be outdone by Mr. Andy Yoho, I thought I would show my commitment level to Barzillai right Bar-Zee-li, right here in the flesh. So Josh isn't the only one getting tattoos. I thought you all would be impressed by that, uh, making sure that I was at the same commitment level as we dive into this exciting study of Barzilai. Let me just pray before we do that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this chance to gather and have some fun. Thank you for summer and the rest of that often represents for many just the encouragement to to pull away a little bit, to be renewed. And as we take time now to really uh, consider some of these characters and how their lives Uh, overlap with our lives. It's so interesting to see how the Old Testament, so many stories there, uh, people really haven't changed a whole lot. And there's still some of the same trends and patterns. And so I pray that we'd learn from his response to some of the cultural things happening in his day. This this would be a, a teachable time that we'd really lean in to what you have for us in this text. We pray that in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, we're going to start by looking at his story. It's found in 2 Samuel 17, uh, verse 24. And while you're turning there, just a little backdrop of this character. He was a man that the story uh, takes place, his life overlapped with King David. If you're familiar with King David during his reign and rule over uh, Israel was somebody that was marked by and described as a man after God's own heart. So somebody that had some uh, great attributes. Also, if you do a study of his life, some significant shortcomings as well. Somebody that I think every single one of us can relate to. But Barzillai, he enters into the, the story, if you will. He kind of comes in and comes across when he's coming to the rescue of King David. Coming to his rescue, you might ask. It's during a time where his son Absalom, David's son Absalom, is trying to overthrow his own father as king. And he's rallied the people of Israel with his popularity and is actually forced David to flee Israel. There's only a select few people that are willing to help out this king who's on the run. So this is where we pick up in our story in 2 Samuel chapter 17. It says this, then David came to Mahaniam and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. So he's on the run being chased down. Now Absalom had set Amasah over the army instead of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Ithra the Ishmaelite who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Jeruam, Joab's mother. And Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Mahanim, uh, Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the Ammonites, And Makar, the son of Amil from Lodibar. We're getting lots of good names here. And then here we are. And Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogelum, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans and lentils, honey and curds, and sheep and cheese from the herd "'For David and the people with him to eat. "'For they said, "'The people are hungry and weary and thirsty "'in the wilderness.'" All right, we'll stop there. Obviously, we covered a lot of different names. And what I like about some of the names and some of the towns and regions is that you know that this isn't some kind of fictitious book that was just made up. These are specific locations that can be still visited today. I'll never forget coming to some of these different sites, even on our Israel tour a couple years ago with Adrian. But what first caught my attention in this description in uh, verse 24 and it's describing the, uh, the, the plight of these, these guys. It's described, I'm sorry, verse 26. It says, and Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. This idea, it says that all the men of Israel came with. Got me thinking a little bit of what happened to David's popularity. He was a king that was very highly revered by his people and celebrated. You might remember them even having songs that they sang about David. It's interesting to see what a strange and fickle thing popularity can be. We're seeing that present day how loyalty is often hard to find. People are ready to move on to the next person or next thing. And what adds to the stress of that or pressure of that is the whole culture that becomes a, what we describe present day as cancel culture. When you're done with, when you've in some way offended someone, you haven't met their expectation, you've done some some kind of wrong to them, they're ready to be completely done with them. What I like, the first thing that we see about Barzillai is he didn't succumb to the fickle cultural pivot that was happening that where everybody that was once for David is now against David. Instead, he clung to God's anointed king. That's an important thing to understand in this story, that nothing had changed with God's anointing of kings. And so this was David that he's coming alongside and choosing not to go the route of a cancel culture. I know I've mentioned that a number of times in the probably the last six months, but man, I'll tell you what, it is something in our culture that pushes against the grain of everything that we're taught in scripture. If you can point to me the chapter and verse where we are given a permission to to be done with somebody, to write somebody off. That is that. That is not something that's seen in scripture. Instead, the receivers of grace that we are, the receivers of forgiveness that we are, we should be the most patient and long-suffering and willing to work with other people, not kicking them while they're down. That's one of the things that we see with Barzillai, that he's willing to bless David even when it's not popular there's anything or maybe one part of this message that's maybe a challenge to you maybe that's something for you to reflect on who have you been done with that you you shouldn't be done with that you need to restore a relationship that you need to rebuild the person that you, the family member that needs to be forgiven the coworker that you need to let go of the grudge the the friend that you haven't talked to in years because they said or did this or even the random person online not to be succumb to the cancel culture Well, back to our text, even when it wasn't convenient or beneficial in any type of a way, this is something that he chooses to take the risk to befriend David. You see, it was a risk. It was a huge risk to be fraternizing with a a, a hated king for the moment. It was a dangerous thing, and I'm sure in his or older years I'm sure that Barzeli had to consider and weigh the consequences or potential risk of befriending David but he courageously chose to do the right thing and he shows what I want to point out here is he shows generous sympathy for David again I'll say that he shows generous sympathy for David it's real easy when somebody's going through a hard time for us to be like, man, I am so sorry you're going through that. I really hope for the best for you. I hope that your, your needs will be met. It's a whole other thing when you roll up your sleeves and choose to actually bless somebody, to come along and be a, a, a physical and tangible support. And look at, look at the list of the provisions that he brought. He says that they brought beds, basins, earthen vessels, wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, honey, and curds, and sheep, and cheese from the herd for David and the people to eat. Basically, they treated David appropriately, treated him like a king. Here's the thing. That gives us a little clue as to in the New Testament, the same charge that we have as the present day wealthy, how we're to respond to needs around us. I've mentioned this before, 1 Timothy 18 says, They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Generous and ready to share. I think that's an important call for every single one of us that has resources present day, which is really the majority of people in this region. Those, we have the charge to be ready to be generous. I was thinking through that. What does it look like? I think of Barzilai as somebody that was ready to be generous. I think you have to position yourself to live below your means so that you're able to be a blessing to somebody that's going through a trying time. If you're always just living right at the edge of what you can afford, man, the option to be able to bless others really isn't there. I'll never forget back in Chicago when I was working at a church, theirs called Medina Baptist Church, kind of a, uh, church out in the suburbs. There's one particular family that stuck in my mind for many years. The gentleman's name was Vito and his wife was Karen. And uh, Vito is kind of a cool guy. He did come to Christ later in life. And as you had guessed, his nationality, Italian guy, tattoos all over him. I will never forget, had these massive hands. And in one hand, he had the word love across each knuckle on the front. and the other hand, he had the, the spelled out the word hate. And heard. heard stories of him asking people if they wanted the love or they wanted the hate before he came to Christ. But really the cool thing was he and his wife chose a life of simplicity that allowed margin for them to be a blessing to others. He owned a very successful concrete company, but he lived in us but they lived in a small but nice town home and had the opportunity then to just really help out. I remember we were doing a building project there and one of the, the needs for laying the foundation was this huge amount of concrete work. and remember our lead pastor at the church there showing me the, the invoice that they sent over to us and the only thing it said across the bottom after a six figure cost, it was like just said paid in full. Just thinking, man, how cool is that to position yourself so that like uh, we see here in this story, you can be a blessing to those who need it. That same idea is seen as we continue in his story where the next time he's mentioned is in 2 Samuel chapter 19, verse 31 through 36. We start to see that he was somebody that chose a life of simplicity. It says this, it says, now Barzillai... "'The Gileadite Gileadite, had come down from Rogalim "'and he went on with the king to the Jordan "'to escort him over the Jordan. "'Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old. "'He had provided the king with food while he stayed at Mahanim, "'for he was a very wealthy man. "'And the king said to Barzillai, "'Come over with me and I will provide for you "'with me in Jerusalem.' But Barzillai said to the king, "'How many years have I still to live "'that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? "'I am this day 80 years old. "'Can I discern what is pleasant and what is not? "'Can your servant taste what he eats or what he drinks? "'Can I still listen to the voice "'of singing men and singing women? "'Why then should your servant "'be an added burden to my lord the king?' "'Your servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. "'Why should the king repay me with such a reward?' Kind of a cool thing. What's happening here is this is on the other side of Absalom's rezo- uh, revolt. The king is uh, David is coming back to reclaim his kingdom. He's got his troops, his army. It's all all is back to being well to some degree in the kingdom. He's moving back and he runs into this man Barzillai that's actually helped out and he makes this invitation. What's the invitation? What's actually happening here? He's saying, Come come back with me and you'll be treated like a king. You get a sense of what that treatment would be like by the description that Barzillai goes through. He's like, hey, I, I wouldn't enjoy the taste of things. I wouldn't enjoy the uh, the singing, the all the pleasures that would be a part of that experience. So he knew what was being offered, but makes the choice to go the simple route. You can almost hear his tone of voice in that. He's like, hey, I'm just an old 80-year-old man. I don't, I don't need all of these luxuries. I'm just, I'm just winding down my life. Don't waste it on me. Don't waste it on me. It's interesting to me in the account of his life that he has enough energy to serve, but not enough energy to simply indulge in the later years of his life. Enough energy to meet needs and bless people, but not enough to say, you know what, I'm just gonna make these later years all about myself. It's interesting that at some point, there's that crossroads where we make the decision, do I keep just chasing after selfish gain? I was listening to an interview by Warren Buffett that was just done in the last couple of weeks. He's now 91 years old. He's worth $116 billion. And he's still talking about these trades that he's going to make and all these investments and how he's going to beat the market and make a, a bunch of money. And you're like, man... You're 91 years old, like at what point does it not become about you any longer? And you start thinking more simply about the simple things in life to enjoy, going back to some of the foundational things like family, like friends, like uh, being in the the outdoors and God's creation, things that actually matter and things that will actually last past this lifetime, my wife and I, I think I've mentioned this before, my wife and I have been trying to establish a new habit in our life. And uh, we've been going for walks after dinner most every single night. So we're trying to, uh, one, get a little bit of exercise, but probably even more than that, just having this point of connection. And so really, most days of the week, we get outside, we do a walk around our neighborhood in the surrounding area. It's an awesome time together. It's kind of a cool thing to, to slow down a little bit. Exhale a little bit, enjoy some of the the simple things that we're provided with in this area, mountain views, beautiful sunsets, you know, dead grass, you know, those things that all of us are seeing everywhere. But More seriously and more importantly is that we also is a great point and opportunity for us to disconnect. Talk about life stuff, about family stuff, kids stuff, church stuff, all kinds of topics that it lends to. And it's been a good reminder to me about not getting tied up with a pursuit of stuff. Coming back to a simpler or more simple way of life. That's something obviously Barzillai understood in his later years. And you see that in the description, verse 37, we pick back up with this account. It says, please, as he's talking to King David, please let your servant return that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and my mother. But here is your servant, Chimham. Let him go over with my Lord, the king, and do for him whatever seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do for him whatever seems good to you, and all that you desire of me I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, the king went over, and the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his home. The king went on to Gilgah, and, and Chimham went on with him all the people of Judah and also half the people of Israel brought the king on his way. We'll stop there and kind of reiterating what I already mentioned is his choice to say, I I just want to go home. I just want to uh, die in the small town that I'm from. I would be buried near my, my, my parents. So he respectfully turns down David's offer, choosing simplicity, but He does something interesting here. I don't know if you noticed it upon first read. He turns down the offer, but what does he do instead? He makes the choice. He takes the opportunity to seek the welfare of somebody else. He redirects the blessing to Chimhan. Now, we have no idea. There's no other description of who Chimhan is. Some think that it's just one of his servants, some think that maybe it's his son, although that would seem strange to send your own son away from uh, where you live. We don't know for sure, but what we do know is that Barzillai used his influence to impact the rest of Chimhan's life. From that day forward, would, nothing would be the same for Chimhan. Can you imagine the door that was opened for him that otherwise would not have been opened? I like that idea. I think that's a biblical principle to take somebody along with you as you rise up. Take somebody along with you as you have opportunity with your experience, with your networking, with your relationships, with your prosperity to say, hey, who is it that I could, what, what, how can I reach back down the ladder and help pull somebody else up with me? That's a pretty cool principle that we're seeing here demonstrated in his life. Cool to see when wealth and influence is actually used for something good. My question for us just as a church family is what do you use your wealth and influence to do for others? Is it just for acquiring and and building more, more, more for self or is there some consideration of who else can I bring along with me? Who else can I influence? Who else can I impact their life? Talking with my brother-in-law this past week. His name is Mark. He lives up in Vancouver, Canada. He's recently uh, retired from a very successful uh, kind of video movie career and lots of opportunities that he's had and has done very well uh, with the business that he started. It was kind of cool when I was getting updates on what he's doing now in his retirement because i had seen something online that made me think, wait a second, is he going back to work? He's like, no, I'm not going back to work. I've chosen to invest in this younger guy that shows a lot of promise. I've put money into his company trying to build him up, trying to see him succeed and trying to invest some of what I've learned over the years back into this younger guy. I was like, man, that seems like that's, that's pretty cool. It seems like there's some risk attached to that. And he's like, oh, he's like, for sure I could, I could lose a ton of money through this, but I want to I wanna pay it forward. I want to I wanna lean back into the next generation. I think that is a beautiful picture of a biblical principle we see even here in our text, considering the, or the desire to see others blessed, not just ourselves. So, here we are in his story we're seeing that he's had such an impact on david's life he was uh, we see in their parting ways that he's blessed by david he's kissed by david he is really elevated and celebrated then we fast forward a little bit further in the a little bit further in the next book in the first kings to one more mention of this particular man, of Barzillai. Just one more picture of his loyalty that I wanted to leave us with from our text today. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 7. Set the stage here. This is a little bit later in David's life. As his life is winding down and he's interacting with his son Solomon He's wanting to make sure that he has things in order for his household. It's kind of like a passing on of the, the will, if you will. That's a, a, a repeating myself, but kind of passing on who he wants to see taken care of. So he, he takes a, a moment and he describes what he wants to see happening after his death. He says, but deal loyally with the, with the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite." and let them be among those who eat at your table for with such loyalty they met me with when i fled from absalom your brother so let's let's think about this for a second at the very end of his life he chooses he brings to mind this particular man and he wants to make sure that the loyalty that's been extended to him that that loyalty is then expressed to the next generation of his kids. How cool is that? It's even after he's dead and gone, David is saying, I just want to make sure, and it's pretty big deal when he says, I want them to eat at your table. He's saying, I want you to really enfold them as family. It's kind of a, a cool picture of the gift that, that that you can leave somebody. Here's the thing that I think that most people don't think about when they consider the legacy or what they're going to leave behind. One of the big things that we're able to leave the next generation, it's not just a, a something in our a will, a dollar amount, the, one of the big things most people don't consider is what they're able to gift their family is reputation. Reputation, what, what does it say? What does David acknowledge? He's like, man, he was so loyal I want us to be loyal then to his family. And how awesome is that opportunity for us as, as parents, as we're thinking through how we can set up our kids, how we can set up the next gener- generation. What a gift we can leave somebody is reputation. I like that picture or that idea of like, oh, you're you're Doug's son. Man, Doug was a a guy that was above reproach. He did things with honor and respect. Or, oh, oh, you're Michelle's daughter. Man, Michelle was a a hard worker. She went the, the extra mile. She was really somebody that served and rolled up her sleeves. Man, how cool is that to think of the potential and opportunity to influence somebody, the next generation, just with your reputation alone. In fact, his reputation was so good, something that you might not have caught in this account of his life. Every time he's described in scripture, in this, in this verse, as well as in the first introduction, he's always introduced as Barzillai the Gileadite. And you're like, well, why do you need to specify that it's the Barzeli, the, the Gileadite? Like how many guys with that name are there out there? How many Ironmen are, are in that, that region? Kind of cool when you do a little research that his name is mentioned another time and the name is mentioned not describing him, but describing his son-in-law. The guy who ends up marrying his daughter, so, the guy that ends up marrying Barzilai's daughter chooses to take his first name for himself. You're like, man, that must have some serious uh, degree of respect demonstrated there. I don't know any of you that have a married uh, son or daughter choosing, thinking of their, your son or daughter-in-law choosing to say, you know, what, I'm going to go with my, my father-in-law's name moving forward. I'm going to choose to go with that name. But that's exactly what happens in this case living a life that's so noteworthy that's so respectable that the next generation even wants to adapt your weird name like you think about that that's not that's not one that you david like david that you're like let's go with that this is a this is a name that's a little bit unusual it's pretty cool to see his influence on that family so his influence think about this even a guy with a strange name, had the reputation for loyalty to his king, kindness to those under his care, living simply, using his influence to bless other people. I would say he's somebody that should be elevated and respected. But here's the important thing. Anytime we talk about leaving a legacy is understanding what the purpose of that legacy is. It's not just so somebody can say, man, look at what a great person that was. A lot of times we can get pretty self-seeking even with the conversation about legacy. What legacy is intended to do is outlined in Matthew 5.16 when Jesus describes what we're intended to do with our lives. He says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who? Give glory to your Father who is in heaven That's exactly what our life is supposed to do is to honor our father in heaven. And that's exactly what this man of iron did with his life. Let me pray as we wrap up. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this chance to be together and to study this character. And man, really noble gentleman from what we see in scripture, somebody that's very respectable, somebody that doesn't choose to to just bask in his uh, wealth. He's somebody that chooses to share, to bless others, to uh, redirect blessing to others. Man, I'll tell you what, it's pretty cool to see his life and story here outlined in scripture, God. I pray as we even consider the reputation that we'll leave behind to really be intentional about that. Be intentional about what I described as leaving margins so that we can bless others. Being intentional about redirecting our our influence and wealth. Man, such a, so many cool opportunities for impact and influence, even in the generation right behind us, God. We thank you for this text. We pray, I pray that something that was said here in this time, the Holy Spirit would really move and encourage somebody to respond to, whether it was something as it relates to, cancel culture and forgiveness. I don't know what you want to speak to someone, God, but we invite that uh, even as we close in song. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. church family. Again, thanks for being with us online and learning a little bit about Barzilai. Hopefully he's an encouragement to your week. He's now forever etched on my arm. God bless you. Take care.